Hello, and thank you for listening to the Trinity Podcast. I'm your host, Marty Reardon. Today, I'm sitting with our education pastor, Ashley Matthews. Hello, Hello Ashley. Uh, Ashley, we just came out of the Christmas season. We had Advent, and then we have been uh, looking and observing the 12 days of Christmas. Now we're entering into this new season of the church year known as Epiphany. What is Epiphany? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Epiphany actually is a season and and a feast. So in the Catholic and Orthodox traditions, Epiphany is celebrated as a feast day. It, it commemorates or marks the sort of climax of the Christmas season. Um, and then those traditions and the emphasis of that uh, day sort of varies depending on whether you're Catholic or, or Orthodox. Uh, this is a time of year when um, we'll see headlines on the news of Orthodox Christians jumping into freezing water in Eastern Europe and that sort of thing. Uh, so sounds amazing. It sounds like a fun way to, you can do that if you like to celebrate the season. <laughs> Come and die. It's called water and retrieve process. So uh, in the Protestant church, it, it looks a little different. So Epiphany marks the time between Christmas and Lent. And is set apart as a as a time to reflect on the revelation of Jesus. So the whole jumping into water is, in Orthodox traditions, a way to commemorate more the baptism of Jesus. Mm. And then in the West, uh, we instead spend the time focusing on uh, the revelation of Jesus and more specifically the story of the Magi and their visitation to, to Jesus in Bethlehem. Epiphany comes from a Greek word that means uh, to manifest or to reveal and so the season takes its theme from that story in Matthew's gospel where he tells us that um, after his birth, Jesus was visited by these wise men from the east. Uh, so they, they weren't kings. Uh, and, you know, maybe there were three of them, maybe not. Uh, we don't, they were more likely uh, court astrologers. So they were men mm. who, who read the stars. And we actually don't know how many of them there were, more likely a, a group of them who traveled from, uh, from the Far East to come and visit Jesus. We Tradition says three because there were, of course, three gifts. Three gifts, right. right. Uh, and so the story goes, they, um, they were led, of course, by the star, and uh, that's because they were men who read the stars, who looked for signs from the gods and the stars. And uh, they're told that there's this baby, this king of the Jews, being born, and so they they travel a great distance uh, and go to Herod and actually ask, um, where where is he? Where is this King of the Jews? Which is, of course, um, to our ears, not all that um, provocative. But um, for Matthew and his readers, it would have been a really provocative question to ask specifically to Herod, who, of course, was in fact the King of the Jews. So um, they're sort of your first clue that here are these um, these elite men who have come and traveled a great distance, uh, not to see Herod, uh, but to see uh, the real king of the Jews, mm. who's being, uh, who's born in somewhere in Bethlehem. And so um, they come and they, they pay homage to Jesus. They, they kneel, they bow, and they present gifts. All of this, of course, is an indication, a way of saying that they were honoring him as a king. And so the tradition goes that um, in so doing, they were revealing the kingship of mm. Jesus, not just to uh, devout Jews, to Israel who had been waiting for the Messiah, but um, to the whole world. Because these uh, magi were not Hebrew. Right, not Jews, right. Yeah. They were pagans. So here come these, um, these pagan astrologers and um, who've been told by God that uh, to come and pay homage mm. to, to worship Jesus as king. So, uh, you know, that's all the, the stuff that you read between the lines in the story. It has huge implications. And so we're called during the season to reflect on that fact that Jesus has been revealed not just to Jews, but to the wider world, mm. that this really is, you know, he is a light to the nations. 
And I think it should also be noted, uh, though, that while it is true that these wise men reveal the kingship of Jesus to Matthew's audience and to us by extension, it's, of course, firstly true that they can only do that because God has revealed himself to them, um, that in leading them via the star, that Mm. God is making himself and Jesus known to these people. And so here at Trinity, we've taken um, that idea and sort of made it the theme of the season for us, this idea that the focus of our our time together as a church really is going to be on what does it mean that God wants to make himself known to Mm. us, that he desires not just to come and be with us, but for us to really know who he is. Because what happens in the story is that as a result of God's desire to be known, of course, these people are invited into a, a kind of, of worship of, of Jesus, and then they leave. And we don't know exactly what happens, but we're, of course, meant to sort of fill in the blanks that um, they're walking away from Jesus, not empty-handed. They have brought and left their gifts, but they've been entrusted with something far more valuable, which is, of course, this gift of the gospel, the good news of Jesus' birth. And so if we're taking that um, sort of as a as an invitation to us, it's like my hope for this season for us as a church is that God would similarly come and and make himself known to us in new ways, that we would be invited into a new kind of adoration or worship of Jesus Mm -hmm. that doesn't just stay here in our church or in our walls or even in our private devotion, but then that adoration turns us, moves us out. We take it with us where we go. So that's uh, kind of the idea is that um, adoration necessarily leads us into being more missional, more intentional Mm. in our relationships. Yeah, I don't think I've ever um, encountered anyone who's probably either had a a great meal or or seen a great movie or play and hasn't told people about it. Like Mm. we kind of adore You share the good stuff. Yeah, you share the good stuff. And so that makes perfect sense. Yeah, right. So as a concept, that all sounds really good, this idea that God has drawn us, that he has been revealed to us, to all humanity, Jews and Gentiles alike. we see the Magi adoring him, worshiping him with gifts. Um, how do we, outside of just attending church and just mm-hmm. kind of doing what we tend to do as Christians, what are what are some ways, give us some tools, what are some ways for us to kind of lead into mm-hmm. the season of Epiphany, particularly here at Trinity? Yeah, it's the, it's the adoration part that's pra- it's one of the most intriguing things to me. I feel personally really moved and compelled by that idea that there's, that there's the practice of being Christian, you know, that whole idea of like we yeah. do our devotion and um that's of course really important and really good i feel invited by the lord in this season in particular to think more intentionally about what it really does mean to adore jesus in that time that i have Um, do how do i um just to think on him to Mm. imagine him and which could mean any number of things, depending on the person. It can um, mean singing new songs that you've never uh, heard or known before to and about who Jesus is. I think it, it can mean reading the stories of the Gospels, again, maybe with a, with a fresh hope of, like, I would really like to see Jesus in a way that would lead mm. me into deeper adoration yeah. of him. And just expressing to God our desire to not just, like, know Jesus intellectually or know facts about him. Um, or even to continue some of our, our practices in the same way. But I, to say, Lord, whatever it is that the wise men had experienced and felt, to the degree that it's possible, I would l- like to be invited into the same mm. kind of adoration of you as Lord uh, to a new experience of that. And then I think from that place, our hope for us as a church, why we're going to be talking so much about uh, Alpha in these next few weeks in particular, of course, we've, al- we've aligned 
it's so that um, Alpha starts during this season, and that's on purpose because the whole heart of the church during this time is that God would make himself known, and then in turn we would um, take up that same desire to make him known. Mm. And so uh, Alpha begins for us here at Trinity on the 23rd. So beyond your private um, devotion, we are calling the church to um, either be directly involved in Alpha in some capacity or at the very least to be, to be praying with us for Alpha uh, if you are not familiar, don't yet know, have not yet somehow heard uh, about Alpha here at Trinity, it's uh, a seven-week course, and it's not exactly a class. It's, um, it is designed to teach content about the basics of Christian faith. But for us here at Trinity, it's a, it's a series of seven talks really devoted to who Jesus is and his teaching and how who he is and what he talked about really does matter for those of us who are asking questions about the deeper meaning of life, about who God is. It's designed to be a, a safe space in short to ask questions about who God is and why any of this matters. And so uh, that is a kind of space I think that really does appeal and um, is important anyway to a number of people. Whether you call yourself a Christian or not, there are very few people who aren't asking questions. Right. Even those of us who have been Christians for years exactly. still have some questions, um, right? Or those of us who are agnostic or, or Buddhist are coming from, you know, we're, maybe you just um, – understand ourselves to be more spiritual, but um, mm-hmm. hesitate to put labels on. There are all kinds of us who yeah. are coming from very different places, and we need, I think we, a lot of people really do, when, you, when it gets right down to it, enjoy having those conversations. They just want to know that they're safe <laughs> um, right. and that they're not going to be preached at or to. And that alpha, the core commitment, is to create that kind of safety uh, and um, the hope of just, like, getting people talking and building relationships with, with other people. And so that's uh, clearly our desire. Now, if you are someone here at Trinity, for example, and say, you know, I'm really not in a question-asking place, mm-hmm. actually. I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Still, um, we would say to you, would ask you to think about um, coming and being a part of Alpha just to experience it. Because our hope, the real challenge that we feel like has been issued to our church from the Lord, actually, is that we would, as a church, be more mindful about sharing our faith with the people around us, that that's something that would become more of a second nature and an instinct, really, to all of us. And Alpha is all about creating an imagination for what that looks like. So it's not just the program. It really is about getting uh, the spirit of the thing in your bones so that when Mm. you're at work or at school or wherever you are, it becomes second nature and want to have conversations about who Jesus is. It becomes really familiar to you. So we're inviting people to come and experience it for that reason as well. And then our aim and our hope is that we become the kind of people who can just, in ways that are really non-anxious and compelling, talk about our faith and who Jesus Mm. is to the people around us, which is why we've linked Alpha so closely with neighborhood groups, for example. Tell us about neighborhood groups. Yeah, so uh, neighborhood groups are for us going to mark a kind of shift away from our traditional community group model. And we've linked Alpha, the timing of Alpha, and our neighborhood groups now so that they can um, have a kind of symbiotic relationship, Mm. meaning the hope is we hope that our Alpha groups, to the degree that we're able, we're going to put people um, together based on more on geography and, of course, relationships. So if you are inviting a friend, you'll be with your friend. Uh, But we want to make sure that People uh, are, as much as we can make happen, in groups with people who are close to them, just in some proximity, so that those groups could be catalysts for neighborhood groups, which will launch then uh, in February. 
And uh, the hope of this neighborhood group model and the shift really is to move away from a more affinity-based or stage-of-life-based community group model where we seek out uh, relationships with people who are either very much like us in one capacity or another. And some of us uh, oftentimes driving a great distance away from where we actually spend most of our time to find those people. Mm. And we've just, I mean, frankly felt convicted by by the Lord that while those relationships are so good and so important, deep friendships with people with whom you are very similar are so good and so important. But the reality is that so many of us have pursued those relationships to the exclusion Mm. of relationships with our neighbors and the people who were most directly right around us with whom we may have less in common. Right. But, and so this is just an acknowledgement of that fact and a call to the church to say, we have a commission to fulfill. We have a responsibility as Christians to, um, pay attention to what God's doing in the people around us. And so that's all we're saying is that, um, rather than seeking out groups of people who may be a great distance from where you spend most of your time, why not rather get together in groups with those people who are closest to you and do the same thing we've always done. It's still um, praying and talking about the Bible together. But then once a month, there will be an intentional night set aside for some kind of social event where you as a group can be more mindful about inviting people from outside Mm. that group into your space if they want to be there. Uh, And hopefully you're creating a kind of dynamic in your group that other people really do want to be a part of. And so um, the the hope is we're just therefore being more intentional, paying closer attention to what's happening outside of our affinity groups and our churches and to the people around us. So good. So good. Epiphany, revelation being revealed to us. Yes, Lord. The idea of making him known and adoring. And I'll just throw in as um, from a worship front, if 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 it's if adoring or adoration is something that perhaps feels a little elusive to you then i would encourage you to perhaps challenge yourself during corporate worship times and even during personal worship times to engage your body mm. a little bit more um, perhaps i know that holding that cup of coffee is i i do it too when i don't have a guitar in my hands it, it, there's just something good about Safety holding there. a warm yeah. cup of coffee <laughs> and yet there's something about um swaying or lifting your hands, uh, even if it's just right in front of you. Um, just the way of saying, I'm going to get this stuff out that's in my head and kind of let it seep into my bones a little mm-hmm. bit. Let it actually affect how I engage with the Lord. And so I would challenge you to uh, perhaps push yourself outside of your comfort zone a little. And when you do, per- put the picture of the Magi kneeling down before mm-hmm. the manger. That's what we're trying to engage in here. And even in your personal times of worship and reflection, it could uh, it, that could be even a safer way for you to begin to exper- experiment with perhaps uh, engaging your body a little bit more with adoration. So, good. yeah, epiphany. Lord, let us live into this season. So Alpha, to find out more about Alpha, you can visit us at atltrinity.org slash alpha. Uh, and neighborhood groups, the, there'll be more information coming about those. Is that yes, correct, Yes, that's Ashley? right, in the coming weeks. Yeah. In the coming weeks. So, well, we hope this has been helpful, uh, unpacking a season that could otherwise be elusive or just even unknown. Uh, and hopefully it's not just informative, but it's going to be uh, an encouragement for you to live into what does this season mean for us as Christians. So thanks so much for listening. We pray that God gives you grace as you lean into Epiphany. Amen and Happy New Year. Amen. Amen.